Would you turn with me to 1 Samuel, the second chapter this morning, please? 1 Samuel. We've been talking about the honor of God for a few weeks now, and I'm very excited about this. I can see this as the Lord's leading to help us receive what he has for us. And if your heart is right, you don't just want to be involved in church as a social thing only or as just some kind of a religious ritual that you do. We want to know God. We want to experience God. We want to be in his manifest presence. And we want to know his will and we want to know him, who he is, what he is, what he likes, what he doesn't like, what he wants, what he doesn't want. And I have come to see from my few years walking with the Lord that if you understand something about the honor of God, then you've gone a long ways toward understanding him. This is a big piece and big part of his person and what he is. And who he is. How many understand God is honor? He is honorable. And he is glorious. And a lot is mentioned in the scripture about the glory of God. And if you look up these words, the word glory and honor are very, very similar. They have so much of the same meaning. And it has to do, the word honor and glory means heavy in the sense of valuable heavy. It's not light. It's heavy. It's not cheap. It's expensive. It's not worthless. It's precious, valuable. When you honor something, you talk about it a certain way. You treat it a certain way. Why? Because you believe it is valuable. It's precious to you. Why do we get up on Sunday morning? And put on our best clothes. Fix our hair the best we know how. (laughs) Try to be as presentable as we know how to come before the Lord. Why do we stand up and worship Him and praise Him? Why do you take money that you worked hard for and put it in the offering plate? Huh? Because you value God. You value His things. His words. His works. His will. His people. And, uh, you know, Phyllis and I have made our commitment progressively through the years. And you run into a lot of times people whose commitment is not where it needs to be. And to us, there is nothing more important than doing God's will. It doesn't make any difference how late you got to stay up, how early you got to get up, how much money you got to spend, how far you got to go. Doesn't matter. There's nothing else that comes close to being as important. You know, people spend billions on natural things. I mean, you, it's amazing the money they spend on those casinos out in Vegas. I mean, they'll tear down a $50 million deal. Just level it. Build a new one in its place. And other things that are natural and some things not even good, but some things just natural, they just affect life for a few years. But friends, what we're doing, and not just talking about us, but the whole church of the Lord, the whole body of the Lord is the most important thing that's going on in the earth. 
People getting saved, coming to God, getting back to God, getting healed, getting filled with the Spirit, learning about Him, growing in faith in Him. There is nothing happening on the planet as important as this. Nothing. So we should treat it like it's this important. Amen? And it'll be a witness to others and even non-believers when they realize, uh, you know, how important this is to us. You know, when it's service time, man, it's service time. I don't care what's going on. We go. I mean, I don't know how many times in these past 25 years. Well, I shouldn't say it like that. It hadn't been that many times. But there's been a few times that I didn't feel so hot. And there's been times that I preached too much and yelled too much and talked too much. And had about lost my voice. And I don't know at the times that I've come and in that situation, uh, maybe it wasn't just six, what I'm talking about, the small amount of times, but other times when maybe my voice wasn't quite there and just go by faith and show up and start. And as you go, get stronger and stronger and stronger and was able to do it. But you don't just go and say, well, it's just one service. Well, it's just this. Well, it's not that big. It is a deal. This is the Lord's work. Amen. And, you know, we are where we are. We don't try to pretend that we're a place that we're not, but we give it the best we've got for now. We give it our full effort and put our full resources behind it. I don't go for sloppiness. You know, some people were doing a recording session gospel music and one of them happened to say they were practicing this certain song and had done it I don't know done it 20 times and if you've ever done this kind of thing when it's two o'clock in the morning and you're tired and you've tried to get this for 30 times and it's not quite right well finally one of the guys who wasn't all that committed of a Christian he said well now that's just good enough for gospel music (laughs) well he was out I said he was out Because you hear people talk, well, that's just too much to spend on that. Friend, you can't spend too much on doing the work of God. You can't get anything too good for Him or too expensive for His stuff. Do you understand what we're talking about? And friend, when it's time for the service, we ought to do everything in our power to see that it's right. And it's the best we can get it. Because it's not just doing natural stuff. We're doing what we're doing as unto Him. Amen? If the Lord himself handed you a broom and said, would you sweep this for me? Would you just hit it a pass or two and say, well, that's good enough. I mean, the Lord himself, what would you do? I know what you'd do. You'd be out there. I mean, you'd sweep that thing. You'd sweep that thing. I mean, it'd be spotless. Right? The Lord wants it swept. We're going to sweep it. Well, all of the things of God are that way. Why do we do it? Because it's valuable to us. It's precious to us. In Luke, why don't you turn there real quickly? I hadn't read Samuel yet, have I? But that's all right. I'll tell you what it says. You already knew. In Luke 16, while you're turning there, 1 Samuel 2, you remember, said, The Lord said, Them that honor me, I will honor. Those that despise me, Shall be lightly esteemed. Well, that's the opposite of showing honor, would be despising. And really, despising just simply means to make light of. See, he uses the word lightly esteemed. Esteem would have to do with how you value something. 
You think, well, that ain't much to that. That don't mean anything. Well, big deal. That is despising. And it is failing to honor. And in Luke, the 16th chapter, the Lord said this. And it's why we need a lot of mind renewal. Luke 16, 15. He had said some things. Well, let me just back up in verse uh, 13. Jesus said, Luke 16, 13, No servant can serve two masters. He'll hate one and love the other, or he'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And the Pharisees also who were covetous heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said to them, you are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. The NIV says, what is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. God has a different value system than the world, the unsaved world. And what they think is, uh, see, now these guys, they thought money was the deal. Money was the big deal. And he said some things contrary to what they thought, and it upset them because they, you know, he went into teaching about which is more important, the money on the altar or the altar that sanctifies the money. He gave them several things like this because they were confused. And uh, he went on to make this great statement that, So many things that people think are valuable, God detests. we got to get our mind renewed. So that what he holds as precious, we hold as precious. And what he says is of no account, we say is of no account. We agree with him. Doesn't just happen because you want it to be. It happens because you pursue it and because you read your chapters. Among other things, how I many saying you got? If you don't know what's in this book, right. how are you going to know what's important to him? Need to, and not just read it one time years ago. An ongoing thing that you're continually reminded of what's important to him and what's not important to him. Amen. And you can, like I've said before, you can will to do his will. I've learned this over the years that if I got something, I think, oh yeah, man, that's what I want. Whoo, that's neat. I like that. And the Lord says, I don't like that. I go, right. (laughs) Me either. (laughs) You don't like it. I don't like it either. Uh Uh-uh. And you have to be willing to adjust yourself in your thinking. And there are other things that I've thought, well, no, I don't like that. Mm -mm. No, sir, that's not for me. That's not my deal. And he says, I want you to do that. And you go, Right. (laughs) Now that I look at it again, that's just what I want to do. You want to do it? You like it? I like it. And you know what? We need to do that with people. We need to see people through his eyes. Not just judge people by their particular personality or the way they look or something. I want to see them the way God sees them. And if he likes them, I like them. Anybody of his is a buddy of mine. And if he approves of them, and if he's using them, and if he's blessing them, it doesn't make any difference if I don't like some of their natural stuff. If they're good enough for him, they're good enough for me. And if the Lord picks them, I'm happy with it. But you know, people have historically rejected his choice. 
I won't go into that, but if he selects them, it ought to be good enough for you. Now, I want you to go with me back to Samuel, 2 Samuel, the ninth chapter. 2 Samuel, the ninth chapter. Now, we have gotten into talking about some practical ways how to show honor. You know, we've already been honoring God this morning. You honored God by getting up and coming to church. Whether here or anywhere else. You honored God by lifting up your hands and worshiping Him. Praising Him. We honored God in our giving and our tithes and offerings. You honor God by wanting to hear the word of the Lord. And by holding your Bible. How many respect that book that you have in your lap there? You, You honor these words. You understand a lot of people died so you could have that in print. Is that right? People used to be burned at the stake for trying to print this in the common man's language. I think sometimes people don't realize how much blood has been shed beside, of course, the holy blood of martyrs after him of so many people that gave their life so you and I could have this book in our hands. So we could have 12 of them in our house if we want to on every coffee table. Amen. Never get tired of showing honor and respect for his word. Like we said to you before, one way that you show honor is by reference, how you refer to something. And always be watchful how you speak about the Bible, how you speak about the Word, and how you speak about the blood. Always be very reverent, very respectful, because we couldn't be bought with silver and gold, the Bible said. But we have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. There's nothing in eternity, in the universe, that is as valuable as that blood. Why? The very life of God is in that blood. That blood was worth enough to buy us. And he has bought us with his blood. So we reverence the blood. And we reverence the Holy Spirit. Jesus warned people about blaspheming the Holy Ghost. And that means talking derogatorily. Speaking ill or defaming him. So we, if you think something might be the Holy Ghost, keep your hands off of it. If you're not sure whether it's the Holy Ghost or not, be quiet. You don't want to say, well, that's of the devil. Watch out. Are you sure? Don't, don't be attributing the Holy Ghost's work to the devil. That's what they did in Jesus' ministry, you know. He cast out demons and they said, well, he's doing it by the prince of devils. And he did, that's when he taught them. He said, blasphemy against the Holy Ghost won't be forgiven. Such a serious matter. Said out loud, we respect the Lord. We reverence his name. We reverence his word. We reverence his spirit. We reverence his blood. Amen. Always watch how you speak concerning these things and show great respect. Great honor, great reverence. We said you also show honor by what? Preference. Preference. The scripture talks about in honor, preferring one another. You give people preferential treatment and things preferential treatment. No, here, you take the good seat. No, you go and go ahead of me. Amen? Now, let me just tell you, we're going to endeavor to... uh, Take care of people. You can't give everybody a reserve seat. 
right? Not even everybody you know and everybody that's a minister. You, you just can't. And people that have really, you know, been leaders and pioneers and that kind of thing, and especially had such influence in our life and that kind of thing, we're going to endeavor to show that. But there may be times when people are lined up outside wanting to get in. I know that sounds funny when you see all these empty seats in here this morning, but it won't be long. It won't be long until a regular thing, this parking lot will be full. And... um, I want you to be on the watch and understand these things. If somebody comes in and they are a leader and an elder, I want the whole bunch of you. You grab them and put them up in the front of the line. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? If you need to, you give up your seat. Amen. And I'm not telling you something I hadn't done. I've done it. I don't know how many hours Phyllis and I have spent standing outside in line to get into meetings. I don't know how many hours. And there have been times that we saw people and we said, well, no, you need to sit here. You come on up here and sit here. Preference. Everybody say preference. Preference. Showing preference and giving people the better seat, giving them the better spot, giving them the preferential treatment, giving them the better food. If food's running short, give them the good portion and you believe for yours. You'll get yours. Amen. Amen. Everybody say preference. Preference. That's honoring. That means you are acknowledging their place. You're acknowledging the greater anointing. You're acknowledging the greater position. And we spent some time last week talking about that even though we're all loved the same, all have the same rights and privileges in redemption, yet we do not all have the same place. You could even use the word rank. The idea is there in the New Testament. There's different places. And Hebrews, we read Hebrews 7 says, the less is blessed of the greater, the NIV talks about. The greater. So there is lesser and greater places. And we want to honor that. How many think somebody served God faithfully? You know, like we, I just saw Brother Hagin. And uh, he's been in faithful in the ministry for 65 years. And been used all over the world and You know the kind of impact his ministry has had. How many believe somebody like that should not have to sit in the back? Or wait on something. And when the food is served, we serve them first. You know, we used to go out with them all the time. And when the waitress comes, first thing we'd say, they'd ask us, what do we want? We said, no, uh, ask them first. What do they want? If something was busy and a lot of people there, we'd say, well, serve them first. So they can get through if they want to leave and we'll take care. And I'd watch and, and he would, you know. Every time before he got ready to go, he'd fold his napkin. I'd watch little things and learn. And when he'd take that napkin out and fold it, that's when I'd jump up and go get the car. Amen. I'd run, go get the car, pull it around front. And so he might sit there and talk another 30 minutes if he wanted to. But I knew he's getting ready to go when he pulls that napkin out <laughs> and starts folding it up. And so that they wouldn't have to walk a long ways and and do some of these things. Or if you could get ahead and take care of something before they got there, you should. That's all little ways of showing preference, which is showing honor. We'll talk eventually about who we are to honor. But let's keep going. I got into it, I believe, uh, last Sunday some, that a third thing, a way that you show honor, is what? Deference. Deferring. And actually preference and deference overlap some, and yet there's some differences too. But deferring, to defer has the idea of courteous 
yielding to, our submission to, the wishes or judgment of another, deferring to, saying, well, no, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? What do you want to eat? Let's do it your way. And you should defer to the greater uh, position, the greater anointing, the greater place. Everybody say defer. See, to give place to, we talked about a couple of them. One way that you defer is in your conversation, in your words. It is disrespectful to interrupt an elder, isn't it? They're talking and you interrupt them. It's disrespectful to interrupt anybody. The Bible talks about preferring one another, giving honor to all men. And when you interrupt somebody, you're saying something in your action that I don't think you want to say. Somebody's talking, and they're not even through with their sentence, and you butt in, and you interject something. You're saying, shut up. What you're saying is not important. What I've got to say is so important, I can't wait 15 seconds for you to finish your sentence. So shut up and be quiet and listen to me, because I'm important, you're not. What I've got to say is important, what you've got to say is not. So we should be through with interruption around here. (laughs) Really, think about it. It's disrespectful, especially with an elder, especially with somebody of a greater place. Don't interrupt. And don't just change the subject when it's not what they want to talk about or what they want to deal with. You know, really good listeners are rare. A whole lot of folk, even if they are quiet enough to let you talk or, or somebody else talk, they're not really paying attention. They're loading their pistols behind their back while you're talking what they're going to say. And as soon as they can jump in, they start telling you what they think. And uh, that's not what the scripture says. James says, let every man be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath or get angry. So be quick to hear. You know, so many times you just save yourself so much embarrassment too. Anybody ever said something before you knew the whole story? And then you had to come back and say, well, uh, I didn't know that. I wouldn't have said that. if I, Yeah, well, if you'd have been quiet and listened, you would have known. You'd have found out. The scripture talks about a man who answers a matter before he hears it is a fool. So get all the story before you start making judgments and passing decisions. You know, and I have, I do this a lot. Somebody says, did you hear about so-and-so and what happened to them? I said, well, now hold on. I don't know the whole story. So I, you know, what do you think about that? I don't have enough information to even know what I think about it. I don't know the whole, I know a piece of what somebody heard that somebody heard. But so many times you don't know the story. Hmm? We've had situations in our life in ministry where people came away and said, you know, well, I can't believe that Keith and Phyllis said this or did this. And they never bothered to ask us what happened. And so we didn't defend ourselves. And sometime a year later or two years later or longer than that, people say, well, I just found out that you said and did this. And that's not what I heard. I said, well, you didn't ask me. (laughs) Didn't want to know. See, so many times you don't know. You just look at something from the outside and it looks like this, but there's so much you don't know. How did it get to that? 
You just know a piece of the piece. And so don't pass judgment when you don't know. And you don't have to judge even when you do. In 2 Samuel, are you there? You know, uh, we ended up last week on Leviticus 19 where it says, Rise up, get up before the gray head and show respect to the older person, the aged person. Everybody say, get up. Now see, what does that mean? That means you don't make them come over across the room to you to shake your hand. An elder comes in. Now that means, now let's broaden this. Elder, either physically or spiritually. An elder comes in. You don't make them come to you. You go to them. You honor them. By just sitting there and plopping and making them come across the room to you. and I mean, that's acting like you're more important than you are. Now, this goes across the board. Who should wait on whom? Who should come to whom? It's more appropriate for you to wait on your boss, your employer, than for your employer to wait on you. Hmm? It's more appropriate for you to come to them than for them to come to you. There's been a few times that uh, different ones of my elders said, uh, could you come to us for a meeting? Could you come to us to talk about something? Well, man, when certain people call, it means something to me. I don't care what I'm doing. I will interrupt it. I'll stop in the middle of it. And if I have to, I'll rearrange things and I'll get there. If they ask me to. Why? Because they have a place. Now, not just anybody would I do that for. I wouldn't just drop just everything for everybody. But but certain people that would ask and say things, I'm going to drop everything. I'm going to rearrange everything and make it happen. And not even tell them that I had to rearrange it either. They say, can you come? And I said, yes. <laughs> yes, sir. Can you be here right away? Yes, sir. Then I start scrambling, making phone calls and <laughs> figuring stuff out and I don't know how many times we've done that kind of thing. But it's a matter of uh, honor. Now take this on up to the head of the church. If the Lord says, uh, can you pray right now? <laughs> what do you say? Well, I'm busy right now. Maybe later on. Maybe... You just showed disrespect. Can you come do this? Can you be involved in this? When the Lord... I've had the Lord a few times... Uh, some things were going on with other people and it wasn't all nice feelings and maybe some people had done some things that wasn't too nice to me and uh, the Lord dealt with me to do something with them and for them and I'm thinking really? and finally he said would you do it for me? oh Oh, boy it's over now (laughs) I said well yes sir for you anything because what he do for us everything Everybody say defer. Defer. Now, another way that you show honor and respect in deference is by remembering. Everybody say remembering. Remembering what people have done for you and for your family in times past and for your extended family. Read this in 2 Samuel, the 10th chapter. There's some things in the 9th chapter too, but in the 10th chapter, let's just look at this. 
Second Samuel 10, verse 1. It came to pass after this that the king of the children of Ammon died, and Hanan his son reigned in his stead. Then said David, I will show kindness unto Hanan the son of Nahash, as his father showed kindness to me. And David sent to comfort him by the hand of his servants for their father, and David's servants came into the land of the children of Ammon. And the princes of the children of Ammon said to Hanan their lord, Thinkest thou that David does honor your father, that he has sent comforters to you? Has not David rather sent his servants to you to search the city and to spy it out and to overthrow it? Wherefore Hanan took David's servants and shaved off the one half of their beards and cut off their garments in the middle even to their buttocks and sent them away. Isn't that something? Now you know why they did that? Because they did not understand honor. They didn't even know what was going on. They didn't understand what David was trying to do. Honor remembers. Everybody say remembers. Remember. Honor remembers what somebody did for your grandpa. Honor remembers if somebody was there and helped your daddy. Honor remembers. And Hanan's father obviously had shown kindness. And you look back, you read different ways that he had and had helped him. You know, during part of the time when he was on the run, before he had the strength and place that he had, this man showed kindness to him. And now when he's passed on, David wants to show him respect. So he chooses some of his highest ranking officials, some of his people in his cabinet, you might say. And he sends them to speak in his name and to represent him. And so here come these men who are like princes themselves, developed, honored, wealthy, intelligent and they come and they say, we come in the name of King David. He has sent us to show respect to your father. And to remember your father for the kindness that he's done to King David in his life. And to honor him. And this, how many understand, this is precious. And these guys have a little conference on the side and say, don't you believe it? Don't you believe it? He didn't come here to honor your daddy. He sent these guys to spy on you. Why did they think like that? Because they were honorless men. They had no honor. Honor recognizes honor. And honor respects honor in others. You do realize that we live in a generation, we live in a world where a lot of people don't have a clue what honor is. You try to show them honor and they can't believe that you don't have an ulterior motive. They can't believe, well, yeah, no, there's something else going on. Yeah, they didn't just show up and spend money and give and do this. I've had people before that I did things for and they looked at me and said, what do you want? I said, nothing. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> See, their mama told them, ain't no free lunch, boy. You know, anybody gives you something, they want something. Not with real people of God. Amen. I said, not with real people of God. Amen. We're going to do this inside our family and outside our family. I mean, it's great to show up when other people are doing good. But the real friends show up when it's not so good. When you're hurting. You just lost somebody. You had a problem in your business. Or you had a problem with your kids. That's the time for real friends to show up. With strength. And love. And prayer. And money. Everybody say money. With money. And do things and help take care of things. And not ask for anything. Not want anything. How many understand there's a time not to get paid? There are certain times in people's life that, you know, don't take money. Don't receive it. Say, no, no, no. Let me sow this to you. Let me help you. And then there might be another time later on in life they could do something for you. But it doesn't mean we owe each other. When you give somebody something, they owe you nothing. It wasn't a trade. You gave it, no strings, expecting nothing, requiring nothing, not even waiting for a thank you, nothing. Love gives. Everybody say love gives. And David tried to honor this man by sending some of his greatest representatives, some of his strongest individuals. And he takes these guys and says, yeah, right. You bunch of spies. And he grabbed. These are elders. These are people that stand in the presence of the king. Honorable men. And he took them. And shaved off half of their beard. So they got half on one side. And clean shaven on the other. Wants to make them look funny. Make them look weird. And he cut off their robes. Up to their rear. And I guess they didn't have anything at the moment to put on. Send them out. They had to leave the court like that. Exposed. Well, if you read the rest of the chapter, before it was over, there was war. I said there was war. And they were defeated. How many understand this was just like spitting in David's face? I mean, it wouldn't have been any different to just spit right in the king's face or backhand him personally. When you treat his representatives this way. Well. This is the way the Lord is. He's this way with all his representatives. To honor. Means you remember. Back up just one chapter. To this ninth chapter. Second Samuel. Boy this is such a great redemption story here. In second Samuel 9. David said. He's sitting there on the throne. In great prosperity, great wealth, great power. The Lord's put all his enemies under his feet. And he's sitting there and he says, Is there anybody left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Jonathan was a friend to David. And he was there for him when he needed somebody. And they had a covenant between them. And he's sitting there and he said, are there any of uh, Jonathan's grandkids or kids that I don't know about? Anybody I can do something for? 
Did you hear that? That's the way people of honor think. I don't care if somebody acts foolish. You say, yeah, but now his daddy helped my daddy. How many realize we live in a generation that don't even think this way? They don't even know anything about the past. And it ain't right. If your family has a debt, if your granddad owed somebody something and it never got paid, you ought to seriously look at paying it yourself. It's getting quiet. Both ways. Everybody say honor Honor. remembers. remembers. And if somebody was there for your family, you don't forget it. You remember it. I don't care how many years pass. I don't care how many decades pass. And how much the world changes, you don't change. And you don't forget. How many Lord knows the Lord does not forget? You know, this is a whole other message. But friend, God is so faithful. Well, let me read a scripture so you'll know I'm not just making this up. In the book of Hebrews, hold your place there, chapter 9. But in the book of Hebrews and the... Uh, I believe it's the 12th chapter. 13, excuse me. 13, 16. He said, to do good and communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. And in another place, you know, he said, God is not forgetful. Right here in the book of Hebrews, what is it, about chapter 6 or so? Yeah, 610. 6.10, God is not what? Unrighteous to what? To forget your work and your labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Does God forget what you do for his people? I mean never for eternity. Ever. God remembers. He never forgets. And... The Lord took me through some things one time in a time of extended prayer, and it stuck in my spirit. The reason some of us have had some opportunities that maybe some others have not in knowing God, can some of it can be traced back for generations. You had a grandma, you had a grandpa, you had a great-great-grandma, you had a great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandpa you don't even know about. Who serve God with all their heart. And because of some of these things. God remembers that. For generations to come. That they served me. They were faithful to me. And he will do some things. For their seed. For their kids and grandkids. And great grandkids. To help them. Out of remembrance. It's an amazing thing. And if you're wise, you'll do that for your kids and for your grandkids. I mean, think about this concerning uh, the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham interceding. The Lord told him he would spare two whole cities. For how many people did he get down to? Ten. Problem was they couldn't find ten. But God had already given him his word. He would have spared two whole cities. Which were two of the biggest cities of that day I guess. In that area. Two whole cities for the sake of ten people that served God. We are the salt of the earth. 
I don't know, maybe you weren't here at prayer time a couple of weeks ago, but we prayed about these things, about the talk about war and about the talk about terrorism. I'm telling you, there are crazy people around. There are a lot of things going on, but God is faithful. He will spare this place for our sakes. Now, when we're taken out, it's going to be tough when we leave this place. But as long as we're here, you and I have a right to stand and believe God to spare our cities and to spare our areas and to protect us. Amen. Amen. And to bless us in spite of what's going on in the world. Somebody say amen. Amen. It's a fact. God is not forgetful. And you know the story how that, I won't read the rest of it, but there in 2 Samuel 9, David sent and found one of Jonathan's descendants named Mephibosheth, who was lame in both his feet, who had been an outcast, hiding, and he brought him out of obscurity and said, now this is Jonathan's boy. He said, yeah. He said, oh boy. He said, you're going to stay with me. From now on, you're going to eat at my table and you'll never have to want for anything. And he took care of him like he was his own son. Why? Because he honored Jonathan. Didn't have anything to do with Mephibosheth. And how many know that the Father God receives us and hears our prayers, lets us come right to the throne of grace, treats us, amen, like we never even missed it and sinned. Why? Because of somebody named Jesus. Amen. Amen. And the covenant that we have with him, the Lord honors our faith, honors our prayers. Why? Because of him. Because of Jesus. Oh, thank God. We honor Jesus and the Father honors us. He said, those that honor me, I will honor. Now, finally, go with me to Genesis 9 and I'm closing, I think. Genesis 9. How many believe these things are important? The honor of God. We're going to learn to honor him more. He's going to honor us more. How many understand he has honored us? I mean by giving us a church to start with. Giving us a fine place. Isn't this him honoring us? Giving us such a fine place to start in? This is the honor of God. Well, we need the purpose to honor him all the more. And the more we honor him, what's going to happen? He's going to honor. Then what are we going to do? We're going to honor him even more. Then what's going to happen? He'll honor us even more. That means we're coming up. Just growing in strength and influence, ability. Now here's another thing honor does. I said honor defers. Honor remembers. Did you get that? Remember what people have done for you. Remember who was there for you in your time of need. Now a final thing here of what honor does. We said honor remembers. Honor doesn't reveal weakness and mistakes. Honor doesn't reveal or uncover or show weakness and mistakes. The scripture says love covers the multitude of sins. Have you ever been in a situation where you said something dumb or you did something dumb, you made a mistake and the people around you were gracious, they acted like you didn't even do it? 
They just smiled and went, okay, next. And just didn't make a deal, didn't draw attention to it. Did that bless you? They honored you, didn't they? When somebody points a finger and goes, look how stupid they were. And goes, tells everybody and publishes it. They are not honoring you. They're dishonoring you. Here in Genesis, you see such a perfect graphic picture example of this. It has to do with Noah. Somebody said Noah was the first sailor. (laughs) And after he got off the boat, he got drunk. (laughs) Well, I don't know about all that. There's a lot of things that could have been happening with this. But we do know that he planted a vineyard and he got to drinking and drank too much and he was drunk and he passed out, I guess. And he was in his tent, in his own bedroom, so to speak, but he wasn't clothed properly in there. And so he's in there naked, the Bible says. Verse 21, he drank, this is Genesis 9, 21, he drank of the wine, he was drunk, he was uncovered within his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and did what? Went outside and did what? Told everybody. Hey, daddy's in there drunk, naked. What do you think about that? Now we live in a world that thrives on gossip and publishing people's mistakes. And digging up dirt on people. Well, the people have a right to know. And the thing is, most folk, well, if they do something wrong, they do everything in their power to hide it. But if somebody else does something wrong, they won't tell that. Notice what the other boys did. When they heard it, Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on their shoulders, and went backward. How many know there's ways to do things? There's wisdom. They knew he wasn't properly clothed. They already knew that. So they took this garment and they put it on their shoulders and they backed in there. I guess to the back of their legs bumped the bed or whatever. And they knew where they were. And they dropped the garment and covered daddy and walked out and left. They never saw him. They didn't, nothing else more here than just he wasn't properly clothed. They didn't look on him in his weakness. They didn't look on him in his time of, if you wanted to call it a failure, or weakness. And that's the way honor does. It hurts you if somebody you love and respect is looking bad. If it makes them look bad, it hurts you. Have you ever felt that? Somebody said something that ain't going good, and they did something that's not coming across right, and you're thinking, ugh, mmm. Well, honor wants to make this right. Honor wants to cover it. Now, I didn't say lie about it. I didn't say lie about it. You don't lie for anybody. Not your own mother or daddy. Nobody. You lie for nobody. But you don't have to tell everything you know either. Do you? And you can show respect by covering and not making a deal. And I've had people, you know. I've had young whippersnappers that thought they knew a bunch and the elder was standing up doing something and they misquoted something, misquoted a scripture or got the reference wrong. And this young whippersnapper pointed to me and said, that ain't right. It ain't John 3, 5. It's John 5, 3. I said, shut up. How much time? There's no time to say anything like that. 
in front of an elder? You just showed your ignorance. Be quiet. And if you've ever done any public speaking before, you know it's mighty easy. I've had Phyllis before say, did you mean to say such and such? I said, I didn't say that. She said, yeah, you did. (laughs) I said, I meant to say the opposite. And if you've ever done a lot of public speaking, you know. But people of honor, they'll just smile and go, yeah, we know what you mean. Go ahead. You ain't got to follow it. Don't even explain it. Just go on. People of honor. And I've had situations where people did. They really messed up. They sinned. They failed. And, uh, you know, next time I saw them, they're trying to act sheepish about it. And uh, you don't have to do something with everything you're aware of. Did you hear that? Just because you're aware of something, just because you know something, doesn't mean you're supposed to do something about it. I've had people tell me, well, we know about it. It's our job to let everybody else know. I said, no, it is not. No, love covers. And if you love them and you respect them, you'll try to help them save face. You won't lie for them, but you'll downplay it. And you'll try to move on. And if somebody wants to talk about their bad point, you'll say, yeah, but now have you thought about this? What they've done for 20 years here in this area. And look at all this fruit over here. So the world doesn't do that. I know uh, Brother uh, Parsons, Brother Rod, uh, several years ago, we were in a certain situation and uh, a brother had fallen, really well known. And so they were bombarding him with questions and saying, you know, what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? And I love the answer he gave them. He looked at them. He said, that's family business and it's none of yours. That's us. That's our family business. We'll deal with it. And it's none. They just wanted to have something to spread across the news and broadcast. They didn't care about us. Everybody say love covers. See, love will try to make you look good and salvage. I remember I told this story before, but I'll tell it again. I worked in healing school for many years, and one day. The night before, I got a hold of some bad pizza. Bad pizza. And I didn't know it. And man, my stomach felt like World War III all night. Well, I got up the next morning. I was supposed to go to the Bible school, teach three classes, then have prayer school, then have healing school. Well, I was white almost as my shirt. And the people asked me when I walked in the room, Brother Keith, you okay? I said, yeah, just pray. And I went up and took my text and I felt like I'm going to throw up. And, and uh, I made it okay. Morning came on me. I taught my 50 minutes. I had 10 minutes break. Here's another class. I felt the same way. But I made it through again. And I had a third class. Felt the same way. But I got started and I made it through again. Well, I went in home for lunch. Phyllis was there, and she told me not to, but I was so thirsty. I wanted some water, so thirsty, felt dehydrated. She said, don't drink all that water. I said, give me some water. She said, you better not drink all that water. So I drank another glass. I said, why didn't you listen? Well, why didn't you? And I must have drunk a gallon of water. And so it's time for me to go back to healing school. Now, people have come from all over the, all over the country and some other countries. 
for healing school. And many of them there with very serious physical problems. And they come and they need faith. And they need to be ministered to. And I'm one of the persons that's supposed to lead them in this. So I, man, I felt bad. Oh, and, and the usher saw me and they said, Brother Keith. Well, they never said anything. And one of them, my head usher, he said, Brother Keith, uh, you don't look so good. And I said, I know. And so I went to the pulpit. And uh, I started to take my text. And I mean, before I could think about it. I threw up all over the pulpit, all over myself, and I, you know, I, all morning I'd been on the edge, and I, I lost it. Well, my ushers, bless their hearts, they had worked with me for years, and I mean, they hit that pulpit like a tornado, and they covered me up. They didn't want anybody to see me like that. They covered me up, and two or three of them swept me out the back and were trying to help me and clean me up while the other ones cleaned up the pulpit. I mean, they did. They got it just like that. And one of them said, what do we do, Brother Keith? And I said to the organist, I said, play, sing. I'll be back. I learned later that the organist had never sung. He didn't sing. But he started that day. And I went to the bathroom and cleaned up and I had a fresh shirt in my office, thank the Lord. And I put that on and, and I was back in about 10 minutes and we taught on how to deal with symptoms. <laughs> and the Lord helped us for it was over. We had a good service. Amen. But what I brought that up is that, you know, you could just sense that my ushers and the people were helping me, it hurt them to see me throw up up there. And man, they did whatever they could to make that change and stop and go away, you know. And all of us ought to have it in our hearts. It doesn't have to be a minister, a brother, a sister. When they're down, when they're hurting, when it's not going good for them, let's cover them. Amen. Cover them with prayer. Cover them with love. Swoop in. If we can fix it and make it better, make it better. And if we can, you know, divert others that want to talk about it and make a big deal, say, shh, shh, nah, no need to talk about that. Let's go on to something else and help them save face and help them retain honor and respect. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.